Welcome to Parenting in Acadiana podcast, brought to you by Women's Foundation. Our goal is to provide you with quality information from local experts to support you in your parenting journey. Welcome to Parenting in Acadiana. I am Amy Broussard, your host for today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about something super important, and it's actually parenting in the digital age, which is something that affects all of us. So with us today is Marie Collins. She is Executive Director of The Family Tree here in Lafayette. So Marie, hi, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So first of all, tell us about The Family Tree, what kind of services you provide. I know you've been around for a really long time. We are very, very proud that this is our 40th year. Um, And so we're so excited. We actually were started by the Junior League 40 years ago, and we are still kicking. We were started as a parenting agency and have grown to encompass the whole lifespan of an individual. So we will take kids as young as about two and a half years old into counseling, um, but we also work with pregnant moms as well as newborn babies, um, all the way up through geriatric. We just hosted an aging summit because that's an important part of our community as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, it kind of goes full circle anyway, and all of those, Mm -hmm. all of the different points in someone's life, they're so important. So let's talk a little bit about parenting in the digital age. So you are actually presenting in a community forum uh, coming up on October 13th? October 13th from 3 to 5 um, at Asbury United Methodist Church. And so we have... um, Part of the family tree, we have an education component where people can call and say, hey, I want this class, and we have a huge list of classes. And so this is a class that's been on for a while, and it's very, very close to my heart because it is so important in our community and for our family. And I started researching this. I I mean, my children say to their detriment, but I started researching this years ago when I recognized that I didn't grow up with tech. Mm-hmm. I was a non-tech. I'm one of those in-betweeners where I didn't grow up with it, but learned it as I got older. And so now I'm, I'm relatively fluent, but recognize that I didn't understand this beast. And I would see you know, my friends and I would talk about it and, and we, we had sort of this kind of continuum of some of my friends were like, I have no idea. There's no way I can understand it all. So I just, you know, sort of throw up my hands. And then the other ones were like, I'm going to control it within an inch of its life. Um, and I was like, there's, there's has to be a better way. And, and so what is that? And so I started watching all these trainings and reading all this information. And, and, and so my poor children, no, I should say to the betterment of my there children. You go. There we go. Um, they have the benefit of mother's knowledge of, of all things tech. And, and so because of that, not to say that I don't mess up because I absolutely do, um, but I feel like I have a little bit of an understanding of what's actually happening out there and where can we get the best information to learn about the things that our kids are doing. Because if we're not careful, they will go down the rabbit hole that is the internet and, mm-hmm. and social media and all of those things. That's scary. That's scary. Just any rabbit hole is scary. Any- <laughs> you don't know what's down that rabbit hole. No. I mean, even as an adult, I can go down a rabbit hole and I will find things that I was not looking for. Yes. It, just innocuous things. Like you, you just, you know, type in, you're like, oh, I'm looking for something very simple. And you're like, whoa, I did not mean to click on that. Right. And my youngest came to me the other day and he was drawing pictures with Mario. And you think, you know, Mario mm-hmm. and Luigi, old school, like, come on. And he was like, mom. And he came over and there was like these like inappropriate pictures of Mario and Peach. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my <laughs> 
Like, how did that happen? He was just tracing, right, you know, yeah. pictures of Mario. So it, it is not hard, and they are a click away from it. And so they have to know what to do with it. And in that case, he was like, Mom, I don't think I'm supposed to be looking at this. And I'm like, you are correct. <laughs> you are not supposed to be looking at this. Thank you for bringing it to me. You know, that's something that's not appropriate. Let's try and find another thing to click on or let's let's pick a picture and let's stick with that one but you can't freak out when they bring it to you because one you got to be excited that they brought it to you you're like yes "Yes, they trusted me enough to come to me and say I think I'm not supposed to be looking at this and then you have to use it as a teaching moment and kind of go from there which which we know um, but that key is in that first moment is don't freak out which I guess don't freak out on the outside because I feel like we all freak out on the inside you're right you're right I should clarify that. Do not freak out on the outside. You can totally freak out and go to your significant other and be like, you will not believe what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I feel like, uh, because that can't, uh, you can't control that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. So during all of your research, while while you as a parent were, Mm -hmm. took it upon yourself to try to figure this out, what was one of the most eye-opening things that you came across? The thing that scared me the most was that children come in contact with pornography at 10 years old. Uh, that was really the most eye-opening thing for me because I recognized that now that every kid has a access, not necessarily that you have give them a phone because I didn't even give my kid a phone until they were a little bit older, but that they have access and they click it. And you think something simple, like I'm just, you know, wanting to color a picture and, you know, I need to look at it and, and they come in contact with it. And so to think that a 10-year-old could come in contact with that, most parents wouldn't think to even have the conversation about sex at 10 years old, mm-hmm. but we have to mm-hmm. because they have access and they are, they're playing on the phone. Even when you're sitting at, you know, the doctor's office and you're like, here, please, before the doctor comes in, here's my phone and, and you can play with it. And you, you think that they're safe, but you've got to teach them because it, they're going to come in contact with it. Um, so you've got to teach them what to do when it happens. I think that's the scariest thing is, um, cause I'm one of the in-betweeners too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't born with it, but you know, it's been around for a really, really long time before I had kids. Yes. Um, I never thought about it. It, it. As a parent, I never thought about dealing with the digital. I mean, I don't want to say I never thought about it, but it, it wasn't top priority because my Mm-mm. parents didn't have to teach. You no. know, that wasn't a conversation that my parents sat me down. Mm-mm. We don't have the role models. Mm-mm. And then, so that makes it difficult for us. We're actually laying the found the foundation for our children whenever they're adults to have the conversations with their kids it's much scary. harder yeah. it is so scary because you look you're like well what did my parents do with this I like that so I'm going to do it or I didn't like that so I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. but there is no precedent we are setting the precedent um, and I think it's really important to not throw our hands up but also you can't control it either and there's there's different types of parenting models which I talk a little bit about are the three types of parenting and you've got to be a mentor for your child and model mm-hmm. the behavior that you want for them so I I had this scary situation where I actually asked my child what do you think of my tech sort of ness mm-hmm. like what do you think of how much mom is on her electronics and he commented back to me that, you know, he's like, well, you know, sometimes I do try and tell you something and, you know, maybe you're texting or you're returning an email and that kind of bothers me, but you don't do that all the time. So it's not too bad. I don't think you're on it that lot, a lot and you don't play video games, but daddy plays video games. And he's like, but I kind of like that daddy plays video games. And I was like, okay, but you know, to get that feedback from your child, first of all, asking is a little bit scary, but to get that feedback from your child, because you don't know how they see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and to recognize that, that I've got to put my phone down and mm-hmm. it is, it is so 
it, it's like second nature. Like your arm is just like attached to it. And, and, and that naked feeling when you're like, oh, I left it at home. What do I do? So beginning to detach from that, because now we're having a group of kids who we've called tech savvy, mm-hmm. but they're actually tech dependent mm-hmm. and we're becoming tech dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we can, you see people in waiting rooms where you used to sit and read a magazine or stare at the wall. And we immediately, like I find myself, I immediately want that hit because it's the way our brain works. And I, and I, and I talk a little bit about how tech affects the brain, very similar to some of the other things that we experience, but it gives us a hit of dopamine, which is the thing that makes us feel good. And so when that text goes off, when that little bell goes off, it's kind of like Pavlov's dogs. We're like, Ooh, somebody's interested, you know, something's going on. And so you instantly get this hit of dopamine. And so when we're getting this constant stream of information and we're getting this constant feel good, we're actually are becoming dependent on our phones for that dopamine hit. So it's really, I find the brain fascinating and, and that's one of the things that does that. I guess it's an addiction, right? Is that the same, same it thing? It is becoming it? an addiction. The uh, World Health Organization actually just classified video gaming as an addiction. It was earlier, earlier the DSM-4 or 5 now um, that we use as mental health professionals to diagnose had put it in the category of needing more research. We needed more research to see if video game addiction was really a thing. And the World Health Organization just classified it maybe a week or two ago, saying that it is in fact an addiction and it does affect the same pleasure centers of the brain as gambling and alcohol and drugs and all those other things. And so you do need to teach kids, just like with alcohol and I mean we do that we're a culture that that sort of Mm -hmm. celebrates that but how do you do that in moderation and so the the sort of takeaway and and it is not like never let your kids play video Mm -hmm. games because then as soon as the moment they get away from you they will play video games constantly um you've got to teach them how to do it in moderation just like anything else so so tech and video games are a lot like food we need to eat it in moderation. So mm-hmm. we, we talk, you know, healthy Acadian all the time um, about, yes, of course you can have some sweets, but you can have it in moderation. And so how do you have video games in moderation? Because it absolutely is, is a part of our life and we need to learn how to manage it, um, not necessarily control it, but not give it all the power. So is that something that you talk about at the, that you will be discussing at, at yes, the workshop? Absolutely. So take me through maybe some of the, like the agenda or the high level topics that you're going to cover. So some of the things that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how it affects the brain, that kind of thing. Um, we're going to talk about violence in media. Cause that's a lot of, a lot of issues we, mm-hmm. we hear about today is these, are these violent video games affecting our kids and, and it's affecting the violence that we see in schools today. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about Um, different types of parenting around tech. We're also going to talk about how um, our kids use phones, how we use phones, and the effects of social media and how looking at how can we help our kids to begin to manage their tech. What is important, what is not important. Also online safety. Okay. That good, good, that good. is very uh, a big piece of it is online safety. So we do talk about bullying, mm-hmm. um, and we're actually going to talk about sexting as well. Um, there is software out there mm-hmm. that I forget what the it's. there's there's a lot of software out there. 
it's accountability software, I think mm-hmm. is the, the term I'm looking for. Do y'all talk about that or do y'all talk about the different versions of software? I, to I help will parents? reference versions of software. And I use some software like the the i the stuff on the iPad where you have screen time on mm-hmm. the iPad to be able to control that as well as um, Xbox has it. Um, and you know, you can manage and, and get updates and see what your kid was on and how long they're on it. My kids know that I'm going to monitor it. My kids know that even though they have a phone or an iPad or, or whatever, I have the right to go and look at it at any time. Um, no matter what, if they have a password on it, I need to know the password mm-hmm. because they know that I will monitor and I will ask them questions about it. And so even though they have the software, that you can monitor. Your kids need to know that. It is important mm-hmm. to say, this is what's, going, this is on. what's yeah. going on. I will be monitoring, even if they pay for it themselves. Because a lot of parents will say, well, I mean, they pay for the phone themselves. It doesn't matter. They're still living in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you still need to help them learn, just like anything else that you're teaching them. They still need to learn how to manage it so that when they get in the quote-unquote real world, when they're not in your house anymore, mm-hmm. they know how to monitor themselves. And that's what we're trying to teach them, how, how to have that internal dialogue to say, you know, when I pick up my, my screen or when I pick up this electronic, what's happening inside my body, what's really going on? So it's, it's almost that internal uh, verbalization of am I hungry, angry, frustrated, annoyed? Am I mad? Am I trying to divert from something else? Am I doing this because something's really happening in my life that I want to avoid? Um, so you, there is sort of that that scan that kids need to do, as well as parents, is why am I actually on tech right now? What am I really doing? Am I bored? Um, is there something else I should be doing? So um, looking at those things, but, but back to the monitoring software, I think it is important but the question a lot of people ask is, should I GPS my kid? Because mm. um, that's the latest software is, mm-hmm. is can you GPS? And so then you think about it, And this is when I laugh because this is when all the, the stuff talks about, in the old days, parents <laughs> didn't know where we were and it was a good thing. And I still think that. I still think kids need to have the opportunity mm-hmm. to do the right thing. So if it is, let's say, you know, yeah, at any moment you could pop on that, you know, find my iPhone but if the kid told you he was at a certain place, you got to give him the chance to actually do right. Yeah. And so let's say the curfew was, you know, 10 o'clock or whatever, and they have to come home. And it is 9.55, and you're like, where are you? Well, they're not, they haven't broken curfew yet. Give them a chance to show up at the door. I can't tell you how many times I slid in at like <laughs> 9.59 um, yeah. into the door because I was like sitting in the car, you know, with my boyfriend or whatever. But I had a right to do that. And it was, it's learning that independence within boundaries. And so you have to give them. Now, if they, you know, fail and they show up at, you know, 10.30 or as if at 10.05, um, you know, hitting that GPS button because they knew the curfew was at 10, but you gave them the opportunity to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, because very soon they will not be in your house. They will not have a curfew and you want them to make the right choice for the right reasons. Is that something you, you guys talk about? Bring up the GPS at, in yes. the class? Okay. Yes. We will talk about the GPS in the class. Do you give resources? So, mm-hmm. you know, I know this is a one-time thing or you're doing it on October 13th. It's free. It's open to the public, but yes. 
then you kind of shoot us parents all the way. Then we're on our own and we're back to like. No, 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 no. You're never on your own. That's the beauty of the family tree. And so you can actually come and and come to the family tree. We can do these education classes. We can do anywhere. We can do at your school. We can do at your agency. We can have any parents group who, you know, like the PTA says, we want to bring this in because we want this information. Have Marie will travel. I would be happy to go and present this and be able to answer more specific questions. Because right now, this is just a very general overview but I can, you know, go in and, and, and answer more questions. You can always call the family tree and say, I got this situation. I'm not quite sure, but because we're here, information, education, and counseling, we're all of those things. Um, and we want to make sure of that, but this is just one of the events and, and Asbury was gracious enough to open it up to the public. So we, we are not leaving people in okay, a lurch. <laughs> uh, there is always more information to be had. I think the biggest piece of information and the biggest resource, and I do give a lot of places to go and get more information, the biggest resource that I use, and my child calls it the website that controls my mother, is Common Sense Media. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You cannot go wrong with Common Sense Media. And they have all the frequently asked questions, and you go on. And it is a little overwhelming, and I've combed through it and read a whole bunch of this stuff, and that's why I have the information that I do. Um, and every now and then, they, they there's one situation where I'm like, oh, you got that wrong, but I'll correct it in the presentation. Okay, I think I have one more big question. And sure. This is, it's kind of a slippery slope, so I'm not sure if you're going to go into apps, like actual mm-hmm. individual apps. And I know it's mm-hmm. they change constantly, and they as do. soon as you learn one or two, <laughs> then more, and then there's different ways to hide them. And, it, yes. and I think that's, I guess, just hearing you talk, it's all rolled up into giving your kids the opportunity to do right, but... It's still scary. It's it still is. scary as a parent. So the, the that's where common sense media comes in. So my children have the access where they want an app and they can request it, but I have to approve it. Mm. Okay. Um, so it comes to me and I'm like, what is this? So then that allows us because it, it sends me in, like a text and it's like, hey, your son wants blah app mm. and so I'm like okay so I gives us an opportunity to have a conversation okay tell me what this app is what does it do why do you want it you know so we have the conversation and then I go to common sense media and I type it in and I read about it and it tells you the age and it tells you what parents say about it and what kids say about it and it also tells you like if you allow your child to watch this, what are some of the things that you may want to have a conversation about? Because these are the things that come up and it has little bars about, you know, is there alcohol or drugs? Is there sex? Is there commercialism? Is there, you know, all the in-app purchases? So, and you want to, you want to have those conversations about consumerism and, you know, is it really that important for you to pay for that skin for $20? Right. Where, you know, which I find mind blowing right. that somebody would pay for technically nothing. Um, although the, you know, the, producers or the creators of Fortnite are geniuses. I yeah, wish I could have gotten from, <laughs> from a marketing standpoint. Oh Brilliant. my yes, yes. Brilliant. A hundred percent. Um so it's not so much what the app is, it's the conversation that you have with your child about it. Now gotcha. you do have to be aware of the hidden apps, um, which are the apps that appear to be one thing but they are in fact another. For example, like a lot of times you'll see a calculator app that is not the already installed calculator app. And when you click on it it's password protected and it often gets to a social media account and so in my opinion no middle schoolers should have social media they're not their brains aren't developed enough to be able to navigate that kind of world mm-hmm. um, and so it's, it should be you know measured into high school and then monitored carefully um, because it can go awry fast yeah and it can affect their future yeah whether or not they realize it at the moment yeah I, I think that happens a lot I guess in high school and and again the same thing the high schoolers today 
they're presented with different decisions. I mean, it, that was true for us back in high school, decisions we made back then potent- had the potential to affect our futures. Mm-hmm. However, it's it's on a whole much grander scale for high schoolers yeah. today. It wasn't documented. Right. <laughs> you couldn't go back. <laughs> Thank goodness it wasn't documented. Yeah. But you can't get away with anything without a picture or a video. And you think you're sending it to one person and they're absolutely trustworthy and they're your bestie. But you don't know who's also in the room with your bestie who's mm-hmm. also going to see it. That's that's the education that has to go into what that what it means to have an online presence. And every time you post something, what are the thoughts that have to go through your mind is, would you want your grandmother to see this? Mm-hmm. Because you don't know if it's not going to get back to her because grandma's on Facebook too. That's right. That's right. And the <laughs> scary thing is once it's digital, whether it was a picture shared between you and a friend, mm-hmm. um, once it's digital, it never goes away. No. It and it's never. affecting kids long farther in. And so kids today don't care about, um, like you say, you know, it might affect your job. And they're like, Psh whatever um, and you say you know then you talk about the NFL players or the baseball players or the because of their social media accounts were not picked on the first round drafts mm-hmm. because of their social media or kids who didn't get into college scholarships because of their social media presence but the thing they care most about is what their roommate in college thinks of them that's the most fascinating part to me um, is that you know your roommate in college could see this and what would they think of you if they saw it? And they're like, whoa, because, you know, job and all those other things are mm-hmm. so far away. Uh, but with high school, you can usually look at, you know, your college applications are now, not only is the stuff that you write, but they will look you up on, on your any social media. They will Google your name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not something that we had growing up. And that is something that the kids today now have to be aware of because it can affect them going into school, which is mind blowing. Probably even some high schools, private high schools, I'd imagine, mm-hmm. you know, they, they will search. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They will keep an eye. There's a, I think it's St. Martinville Parish, which I think this is a phenomenal, they have an email system, um, that get, they have trigger words. And so certain words will, tr- will flag and get, um, sent to authorities. So in other words, like principal or, you know, guidance counselor so that they can help the kids and say, look, you wrote this in an email and this could affect you. Um, so there is some monitoring in some schools. I don't know if Lafayette Parish has it, but I know St. Martin does. And they've actually caught kids who have been suicidal before. So some of it is for their good. Yeah. But some of it can get them in trouble if they haven't thought about the larger implications. Right. Which is, you know, because of their prefrontal cortex, that right. front part of their brain, they're not thinking about that. And that part of their brain, the brain's not fully cooked till about 25, 26. Um, so we got to help them be that front part of their brain. And it's, it's scary, you know, as mm. a parent, it's scary. It, and being a parent, it's fun and scary at the same time, you know? Yes. <laughs> but we can't bear, we can't afford to bury our heads in the sand. And I think that's yeah. the ultimate. But even though we didn't grow up with it, it doesn't mean we can't understand it. And we doesn't mean we can't help our kids along. We just have to put a little effort into it. And I realize it's overwhelming. Like you go on, I mean, just clicking on so, the common sense media, I was like, whoa. Um, and so I started smaller um, and just looked at one, you know, small things at a time. But we, we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to our kids. Okay. The question that I like to ask every guest that comes on is, what's the one thing you want parents to learn from our discussion today? Aside from sign up and go on <laughs> go October 13th. Yeah, right. Go to the presentation. Or but- call the office and we'll, we'll come to you. I think the biggest thing, and I, and I go back to it over and over again, is that, you know, even though we didn't grow up with it, 
we can still help our kids navigate it. We can still, because we went through these things, even though we didn't go through it on social media, we still got broken up with. Mm -hmm. We still had a friend be mean to us. We still were bullied. Now, granted, now it can be on a larger scale, but we still had all those feelings and all those emotions and all the drama that comes with middle school and high school. We still had all of that. And so we can help navigate our kids through the feelings. We just have to figure out where they're having the feelings now. Well, Marie, thank you so much for being here. I am, a, I'm, as a parent, I'm super excited about that. the fact that you're even, that you're offering Parenting in the Digital Age, this workshop on October 13th, but I'm also super excited about, you know, if I miss it, it's okay. Yes, it's okay. It's okay. I can call you at the family tree, yes, or if I get in a bind as a parent and i and you might get a call from me. That's at some okay. Point. <laughs> That's okay. We're happy to help. That's what we're here for. Um, so thank you for all the services you do. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, parents. Oh, wait, before I sign off, tell everyone where they can find you on social media or the family oh, tree. Of course. Of course. So um, our website is Acadiana familytree.org or you can like us on Facebook which I highly recommend because we always have stuff being posted or some kind of event we're doing because we have a very large variety of services or you can call our office 337-981-2180 or stop by our offices are right next to Outback on Pinhook in that three-story green building. Again, thanks for being here. Parents, thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on um, either Stitcher, SoundCloud, or iTunes. It really helps us out. We'd love to hear from you. And that's it. Thanks so much. Thank you.